galaxy far, far away. And a bookshelf straight out of the 90s. From Thrawn to Dantooine, and everything in between. This is Legends Look Back. Hello everybody and welcome to Legends Look Back, a show brought to you by Utini.com, a Star Wars podcast for people who read Star Wars books while listening to the Thundercats theme song on repeat, where we talk all about all things Legends, celebrating our rich EU history as well as diving into lesser known Star Wars classics. As always, I'm your host, Jared Mays, and today I'm joined once again in the flesh, all the way from the other side of the country, Freddie C. What's up, Freddie? It's good, man. I, I'm pretty excited for this episode. I I, uh, I think it's it's one of those episodes that's going to get a lot of people thinking, a lot of people talking. So yeah. let's see where it goes, man. I'm, I'm pretty excited. I mean, I've been in uh, two grad school classes this week, and I've definitely spent more mental energy on this show than I have on uh, my actual grad school. So uh, hopefully my professor is not watching this. I actually plugged the show to one of my professors. So if he's here, welcome, Dr. Burr. And... Uh, <laughs> Cannot wait to <laughs> dive into this crazy content with you. Uh, of course, if you're watching this show live with us on Twitch, this is a show that goes live at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, or at least it's supposed to. Uh, 9.30 p.m. Eastern every Thursday night, of course. If you can't make it live with us, that's absolutely fine because we also post a show each and every week on YouTube. We've got a great community um, leaving their opinions and thoughts and answering the questions in the chat. Uh, welcome to our YouTube viewers, YouTube listeners, whatever you want to call yourselves. Glad to have you here. And also, we post this show uh, in audio format as well, both every week on Utini's Patreon for all of our incredible patrons as well as... In our very own Legends Look Back feed, where you can subscribe, you can like, you can leave us a review. I don't know where we can find those reviews to read them, but you can leave them. And you'll be doing us one huge Legendsy favor. Of course, as we start the show, we want to say we are preparing a listener feedback show. If you would like to get your thoughts heard on air, uh, you can, of course, preferably email us an audio file at legendslookbackatutini.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 508-686-1158. Keep it a respectable length, all right? You know, like two minutes? That seems about right. You could leave a two-minute voicemail every week if you want, but, you know, don't go over two. You don't have to, like, be clocking yourself, but, all right, you get the gist. Now, anyway, welcome <laughs> to everybody who is with us live. Welcome to everybody who is going to let their thoughts be known with us now, during the show tonight because, of course, we're going to be asking some crazy questions, and you can ask some weird what-if questions right alongside us in this very interactive special episode of Legends Look Back. Freddie, you know, as we uh, get started, I've got a, a Legends confession, man. Uh, we did our we did our whole contest, you know, where we... Oh, I've not posted the prize for that. Better make myself a note. Anyway, we did the contest of guessing how many Star Wars books I have. And since then, I have acquired two Star Wars books that have come in the mail, and I've ordered another two that should come in the mail next week <laughs> for a crazy episode that sure we're I was, working on. I was at fault. For, for those yeah the last two. two I blame Freddie at least I don't know 45 percent of the blame I'll take I'll take 45 percent and the other 10 percent uh don't know who to blame um we'll see who crosses me tonight and disagrees with me in the chat <laughs> but uh, I do have some now that we're doing a video show some fun stuff that I can show off um after our Halloween episode I now have the hardcover copies of both red harvest if I can get the glare just right and death troopers 
Got them both. Red Harvest and Death Troopers. I almost said in the flesh, but um, in case you can't tell, this, what is this, uh, Darth, what's his face? Darth Bloodthirsty over here. Um, oh. He's uh, He's got blood dripping from his lips. So we're not going to talk about flesh with these scary books, but um, incredibly excited to add them to my collection. It felt it felt wrong talking about these books and not owning them in hardcover format last week. So I'm doing my Legends Library a favor, don't you think, Freddie? I'm I'm like I'm doing it. I'm doing right by Legends by acquiring these. Yes, <laughs> uh, I mean you're you're creating the ultimate library. You know, in the event something happens, we can all go to your house and read all of your Legends books. <laughs> you know. That uh, one of these days, I'd like to think I could host large groups of people in my house again. <laughs> one of these days, I'd like to think that's a possibility. What about you, Freddie? Have you picked up any new acquisitions? I have, and I made a big deal of it. Uh, I, I had no idea that this book existed, uh, mainly because I had not bought this version of Star Wars Galaxies. Oh, beautiful. I don't know if you guys can we see can that there, but uh, it it's called the... Uh, from pencil to pixel, the art of Star Wars Galaxy. You got that in one take, Freddy. Pencil to pixel. <laughs> I mean, you got to do like vocal warm-ups to be able to say that live on air. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm I'm really excited. So this came, this was uh, part of the collector's edition of Star Wars Galaxies when it released. And it was released with it, so at 2003. Yeah, 2003, and... Uh, it basically goes over uh, all of the characters, the playable characters, the uh, planets that you're going to be visiting, and um, s- starships, architecture, etc. So it's pretty amazing. I-, I can't wait to review this book. It's, yeah. I've never seen it before. And guess what? It comes with a trial offer. Oh, does it? Beautiful. <laughs> Star Wars Galaxies. Which you can't use anymore, right? Yeah. I can't, no, but look at this back cover. <laughs> oh, oh, save that. We're going to do some kind of a, a an episode before too long. We're working on the details on how we can review some of these art books. Uh, it requires a little bit of technological finagling, and in, in case you can't tell by the fact that we started 20 minutes late tonight, we can barely finagle the audio and the technology we're already, already trying to work with, but just hang in there. How about you, Meg? Uh, Freddie and I have both got some new stuff. I know that you're competitive, Meg. Uh, you got any new Legends books you want to show off on the episode? I, I don't know why you're calling me competitive right now. Um, <laughs> I don't understand. I have something. Would you like to see it? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I'm really excited. I mean, I you're to. stringing us along here. I'm, I'm salivating at the thought of a, a, a Legends book. Isn't it pretty? Oh, my gosh. Incredible. This, wow. Yeah, I... Uh, Facebook is great sometimes, and by Facebook is great, I mean sometimes people people are selling Star Wars books. And... Yeah, sometimes it turns you into Nazis, yep. and sometimes you know you can just you can get <laughs> Star Wars books. <laughs> yeah, so I got uh, this one, and um, what else did he send me? Red Harvest and one other hardcover. Um, oh, Meg, we can high five our Red Harvests. Yeah, I, that was weird that that happened at the same time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I am not like purposely acquiring Legends hardcovers. Like I'm not looking for them, but like. I'll take them when I can find them. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. You know, in my defense compared to the... I mean, I know Meg got a great deal. There's some really rare Legends hardcovers out there. The only Legends hardcovers that I've spent any money on this year have been the affordable, easy to come by, in case my wife is watching this, because sometimes she does. I have not spent 
too much money on these books. So without further ado, there's one other major piece of Legends news we've got to get into here as we get into the episode proper. Freddie, last week on our episode, we talked about the scariest stuff in Legends, right? We talked about the the, the characters, the books, the... Forgetting the names of books? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we talked about the creatures. One of those creatures that we said was... Uh, one of the spookiest, scariest, most terrifying creatures in all of Star Wars, especially in Legends, for its standout role in Kenobi by John Jackson Miller, is the crate dragon himself. Or herself? Itself? Itself. Crate dragons, man. And little did I know that within hours of our episode airing live, we would be watching a live-action crate dragon in The Mandalorian. How incredible was that, man? It's incredible because, you know, if you played the video games, especially Star Wars Galaxies, it had such a, especially if you watched it towards the very end and they took out, I'm not even sure, I, I think it was a crate pearl. And yeah. And you, you would actually do that in the game. You would go hunt them. You, don't, you wouldn't get them all the time, I don't believe, but you would get a drop, a really rare drop of a crate pearl. So seeing that, I was... Jumping out of my chair. Oh, awesome. Screaming, Crate Pearl. Yeah, Crate I was too. Pearl. <laughs> Except for I wasn't screaming because so, my kids were still asleep. And my wife I, my <laughs> wife and I had the luxury of watching it before they woke up, which might be the only time all season. We'll see. We're going to try again for tomorrow. But uh, no, man, it was really exciting, especially in KOTOR. It really played out similarly to the Crate Dragon scene in KOTOR on Tatooine. Um, mm. The way the dragon, it's more of like a fat lizard in KOTOR than it was in The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian made it more fun, but there was the Crate Pearl inside of it, which was a ton of fun. So as far as I'm concerned, that was one of the most legendsy episodes of uh, of The yeah. Mandalorian so far, don't you think? It was really good, yeah. it it uh, We had a, a conversation with someone on, I believe it was Twitter, who who said after after watching that, they felt like it was a very... Uh, it was very legendsy, but also they, they got... Uh, they were reminiscent of Star Wars Galaxies. Oh, yeah, our buddy uh, Stephen Kent I, from I, uh, Beltway Bantha. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I felt the same way after after watching it. It, it was pretty amazing, and, and what a call-out to Star Wars fans. Yeah, yeah it was absolutely excellent. Uh, if you haven't seen the episode yet, like Skooma Joe hasn't, uh, hopefully that doesn't spoil it too much. We should have given some kind of a spoiler warning, <laughs> but uh, Skooma Joe, you know, we love you, man, and if that ruined The Mandalorian for you, then uh, you get one license to ruin one Star Wars thing for me at your choosing. And <laughs> that being said, um, you know, tonight as we get into the episode, we've had a lot of fun legend stuff happening for us. Uh, it has also kind of been a, a big week, of course, for our uh, U.S. American viewers and listeners. It's been a big week, so tonight is going to be a fun way for us to unwind with some legends and to imagine, you know, what if things played out a little differently? We're doing a lot of that, a lot of projections this week, I've watched more MSNBC than I ever thought I ever would in a single week. <laughs> Honestly, I deserve I deserve one of those medals that Chewie doesn't get at the end of uh, A New Hope. I actually get one of those medals for how much MSNBC I've watched this week. And that being said, we've done a lot of saying, well, if things happen this way, then blah, 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 right? If... If the card should fall in this certain way, then here's what's going to look like for you know the next week, the next four years, even um, if we even make it that long. Who knows, right? And so tonight we're going to be playing the hypothetical legends, what if questions, Palooza extravaganza. I don't know where I'm going with this, but you know, in a lot of ways, 2020 has felt like an alternate post-apocalyptic post-apocalyptic timeline. But 
You know, Freddy, there really are, if you think about it, uh, several different alternate universes within what we label as Legends itself, don't you think? Yeah, there's there's a lot of, and you know, we're, we'll talk about it, but there's a lot of links in the chain that if they were to go a different way, we would have gotten a totally different story. So Yeah, and you know, especially uh, if you think about it, um, Legends was, back in April of 2014, the EU, um, all of the Star Wars books and games and comics that ever were, for the most part, right, were declared legends because, hey, we're going a different direction. We, uh, we've got a new uh, a new overlord in town who's uh, going to be doing things a little bit differently. And so basically, all of the books were just declared a perfectly valid, perfectly enjoyable alternate timeline. And hey, this is something that the comics have done for a long time. Uh, DC, Marvel, you've got these established stories, established characters, and we're just going to start over. We're going to tell the story a little differently they can intersect, they can overlap. There's retcons even within the quote-unquote canon or established chronology. Uh, and Legends does this maybe less than uh, Marvel and DC does in its superhero universes. And yet, you know, if you think about it, Freddie, we got the you got the Marvel comics, which are not especially embraced, just in a couple of ways. You know, they're embraced in the larger world of Legends, but, you know, for the most part, they're they're kind of relegated to that weird stuff over there, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we talked last week about <laughs> Lumaya, the uh, or recently a couple weeks ago on the uh, the Le- Legends Ladies epigo- episode, how she's uh, you know brought over into the um, legacy of the Force series. So she's acknowledged, but you know who's not acknowledged very often? Jackson, the Jedi Rabbit, or whatever he is. <laughs> He's actually more ex- established and acknowledged in recent canon, mostly thanks to our buddy Kevin Scott. <laughs> he's more acknowledged so in in canon than he is in the broader world of legends. Do you think that's true? <laughs> Jackson's know. continuity. Uh, Jackson, we won't get into this. Yeah, Jackson. <laughs> so I remember when I first read about Jackson and I first saw him as a character. And I, I really couldn't believe what I was saying. But then I kind of took a step back and I was realizing, you know, I mean, this is the Star Wars universe. There's tons of aliens, tons of planets. So, I mean, I guess why not? Yeah, uh, it makes sense. You know, Yoda's basically a an old frog, right? I mean, there's not a lot more to him. I told my wife last week as we were watching The Mandalorian that uh, the, the Banthas are just elephants in costumes. And she yeah. legit thought that I was making that up. She thought I was just pulling that out of my hat. Anyway, that's beside the point. You know, tonight uh, we have one primary source we're going to be talking about, not examining in deep detail, but... When it comes to the 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 what if the alternate timelines and legends, we're going to talk about a little bit more than others. And besides that, we're going to have some fun with questions that we've created. And please uh, feel free in the chat if you have your big what if questions. What if this went a little differently? Um, uh, put those out for us, and we might tackle some tonight. No promises, uh, because we might even have too many in the show notes. We are tackling tonight, Freddie, the top ten what if questions in legends. Number one on the list for me. This is probably the one question that I think about more than anything else in all of Star Wars. Freddie, what do you think would have happened if Qui-Gon had been the one to actually follow through and train Anakin? What if uh, he had... What, what if Obi-Wan had made it through those big red... What do you call those Barriers. friggin' things? Yeah, what, what are those even doing? I don't know. Um, what if, what if <laughs> Obi-Wan had just ran a little faster 
and had made it and had been able to uh, help Qui-Gon out a little bit earlier in that duel, uh, what if Qui-Gon hadn't died and had been able to train Anakin as a Padawan? How do you think that would have altered the entire Skywalker saga? You know, starting off with a softball question here. And uh, do want to say thanks, Andrew, for those bits. Man, glad to have you here with us. Thanks for celebrating the show. All right, uh, Freddie, what do you what do you think? Would uh, what would have yeah. gone differently had Qui Gon not been cut cut uh, was stabbed through the chest through the gullet through the gullet? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, this is a good one. Uh, I feel I feel like Anakin would have totally been a different person. I I don't know how tempted he would be with the dark side still, because uh, Qui Gon was very much his father figure, right? Yeah, and and he regarded him as such. So Obi-Wan had to step in. He's like, I don't know if I'm ready to train this guy, this kid, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, he, he says it at the end, you were like my brother. Right. Whereas, you know, that that family feud thing might not have happened with Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon might have been able to to tame Anakin. Uh, but that that's a good question. This is this is a yeah. hot one because I feel like if if that dad figure stayed in Anakin's life, he might have not gone to the dark side as easily as he he did with uh with obi-wan yeah you know i like that point about him being a father figure because obi-wan becomes more of a brother i hadn't thought of it in that way and i will say you know disclaimer with all 10 of these questions there's actually more than 10 but i wanted to call it a top 10 so don't count too closely um i do want to say there is no right answer to any of these much like when i ask questions in bible class in church you know, sometimes I ask <laughs> questions and everybody knows I've got an answer in mind. And so nobody wants to answer. That's not what tonight is, okay? Uh, tonight is just pie in the sky, um, trying to figure out. We're reinventing Star Wars, all right? Um, and so what if Qui-Gon had trained Anakin? I've always wondered um, how much Obi-Wan is responsible for the major problems in, uh, <laughs> in Anakin's life. You know, um, the coldness that... He shows to him, at least at first, he didn't approve of Anakin being uh, picked picked up on Tatooine. He didn't approve of, of Qui-Gon defying the council to train Anakin. Uh, Anakin clearly picked up on the hostility. The, the Jedi Quest books by Jude Watson, which you know I love, um, really delves into, especially the beginning of that relationship, how there's not a lot of warmth between the two of them. Master and Apprentice, most recently, but that's canon. We won't talk about it too much. Um, wrestles with uh, this the difference between... Anakin and Qui-Gon uh, in their philosophies, their ideologies. Qui-Gon, very much a rebel. Obi-Wan, very by the books. Uh, I wonder if, what if Anakin hadn't been trained by such a straight-laced Jedi? You know, uh, would Anakin have still fallen to the dark side, Freddy? I've, I've got an answer in mind here on this one. So I, I want to know what your take is before I uh, <laughs> crack the whip on the truth. Uh, I mean, this is a, it's a good one. I, I feel... Whether he was destined to be coaxed into the dark side or not, that's a good question. Uh, but I, I do, I definitely feel like Qui Gon would have made a difference. And in order for us to experience that difference and uh, you know that heartache, because imagine seeing that father figure die, that just propelled him to to feel even more right. And and we all know that Anakin had a lot of feeling, and and uh, they you know the the Jedi tried to take that away and say, you know, don't feel this way about that. And, and he had a lot of a lot of sentiment and passion towards a lot of things. And that was just one more thing 
in his life. So if you take that away, he might have, he might not have. But I mean, if his mom, <laughs> if his mom still, you know, died and he found out about it, I I think that might have been uh, ultimately his his question. But mm. I, my answer is that Anakin still falls to the dark side. He still becomes Vader because the irreparable damage that's done is um, the fact that he had such a close relationship with his mother and that they rolled the dice in order to save one of them, right? And so uh, the fact that he has to leave his mother behind and he's consumed with um, grief over his mother, uh, of course, when she dies. And Cheryl says, debatable. That's very true. All this is debatable. That's the entire point. That's the entire point. I do like Cheryl's answer there. She says, Qui-Gon's death filled him with even more fear and doubt, which I, I, I think is true. Um, you know, the amount of trauma he went through in such a short period of time is incredible. It's absolutely incredible. But for me, I think um, uh, his relationship with his mother is primarily the reason. And it leads into Padme's, you know, the whole thing he has with Padme. Do you think uh, that uh, Qui-Gon just bats, a, bats an eye at uh, Anakin Padme's relationship like Obi-Wan does, Freddy? Do you think that uh, that, that goes the same way? That would have been a good question. I I don't know. That's a that's a tough one. <laughs> I, I feel like he he would have definitely tried to curb it, but in a way in a fatherly way, right? Or like He's kind know, of a rebel though. Love is I love. mean he 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 likes to yeah. defy the council. Maybe he maybe he, he picks up uh, a lady along the way too. <laughs> maybe he, he does in legends. One. We don't know. He does in legends. <laughs> I forgot her name, but yeah. he does. Yeah. yeah, she's blind, right? Uh, we'll get to those sooner or yeah. later in the, the Jedi Apprentice books. All right, you want to lead us off? That's a great question. Uh, maybe we should have started with an easier one. Uh, in the YouTube <laughs> edit, we'll stick it later in the episode. Uh, so what's number two on the list, Freddie? Yeah, so uh, this is a good one. By the way, Hi Joxie just came in the chat. I saw that. Uh, so this number two is, uh, this is a good one. What if Dark Empire was as important as the Thrawn trilogy? I forgot that I wrote this question. And what if? Oh, man, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and what if... <laughs> Zahn never existed. Yeah. Would there be a thriving EU today? Wow. As the world builder that Zahn was? What a great question. Uh, an incredible genius must have written this. Um, <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, if you think about it, we've been talking about the Thrawn trilogy in recent weeks. Uh, in case you've been living under a rock, we are deep in the middle of the Thrawn trilogy, doing six episodes on three books. And if you uh, play your cards right, you could have a seventh. Who knows? I'm excited to have Cheryl joining us to talk about the the last book in that trilogy. Cheryl, of course, says blasphemy there in the chat by saying that Thrawn is better than Dark Empire. Bro Dameron says Dark Empire is better than Thrawn. I think they're both incredible in such incredibly different ways, right? Um, you know, obviously, one of them makes a bigger impact on Legends continuity. Right, Freddie? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, it, it would... We'd be remiss to say that without without Zahn and, and the Thrawn trilogy, we would not... I mean, look at it. They had to bring it back into canon. That's how much they knew the importance of, of Zahn and Thrawn. Yeah, you know, uh, that's true. You're not going to have... Uh, here we go. You're not going to have slimy naked Palpatine brought into canon anytime <laughs> oh, soon. However, <laughs> however, you had something pretty close in The Rise of Skywalker. He just, you know, wasn't slimy or naked. But he was craggly. Yeah, he was... He was craggly and gross yeah. <laughs> and broken. You know, that's a good point. Thrawn has made a tremendous impact, but not just Thrawn. Um, the, the world building of those of the trilogy itself, 
um, was so impactful that, I, in my opinion, it sparks the entire Legends EU to come. You know, if you look at what had been published beforehand, you had the, um, you know, the the old school Han Solo books, the old school Lando books, the Marvel comics, and that's about it. I mean, you've got the radio dramas. There's not a whole lot more. You got the Ewoks and Droids cartoons, <laughs> which uh, would you count those as Legends, Freddie? Um, I guess. <laughs> do so. we do we dare claim the Ewoks <laughs> and Droids cartoons? If Trevor's listening to this, he says you better claim them. I'm sure, yeah. but. Uh, you know, it's not especially easy to make that call, but uh, there was something culturally that happened when Heir of the Empire was published. It, of course, reached number one on the New York Times bestseller list, uh, beating out a brand new debut by Stephen King, I think, which is incredible to think that uh, he would top him. I'm not totally sure I've got my facts right there. Somebody feel free to correct me in the chat or the YouTube comments or the Discord or Twitter. Throw your complaints wherever you want to throw them. I'll catch them. It'll be great. I'll throw them right back at you. Um, you know, Thrawn has such an incredible impact, but you know what? Being published right at the same time is the Dark Empire comics. They uh, came out at a very similar time to the Thrawn trilogy. What if, what if that was the direction that the EU went? What if all of Legends was as dark and broody as Dark Empire, Freddy? Um, <laughs> do we ever get, uh, the, the, what, hundreds? We have almost 200 Legends books. Um, do we get such an expansive EU if there isn't a Thrawn trilogy? I don't know, because we if you think about it, so much came from the Thrawn trilogy. You've got Mara Jade, the you know, their whole thing and and uh I just all of the things that come from it, the twins, right? From from Leia and that storyline, the planets that we visit, the the Everything. I mean, there's, there's so many things that Zahn captured inside of his his books and his trilogy that, you know, that who knows what would have happened. And and of course, if we had Dark Empire, we would have had who knows how many naked palps we would have had throughout the, the history of EU. Yeah. <laughs> he could have had planets worth of naked palps. Oh, let's not go down. That's that's too much. All right, I, I will even say that's too much. Um, You know, one room full is all you need, right? Uh, or is it a ship? Is a ship full? Meg is like, can you please change the subject? That's fine. We've really stirred up a, a hornet's nest of controversy in the comments here with uh, the debate that's going on about the Dark Empire and the Thrawn trilogy, and I love it. Love to see it. So everybody be respectful of each other <laughs> as long. Yeah, we're not we're not trying to say that one is better than the no, other. No, no, we're just saying what if the the you know what if I guess one took over the other in terms of popularity etc i mean we all know thrawn is is great we know the dark empire is fantastic without those we wouldn't have as much content to talk about yeah. but uh yeah we we love them both and we're just you know part of the take it take it part lightly. of the reason <laughs> that i bring it up freddie is that although retconned and and acknowledged in a couple of places Dark Empire is largely relegated to secondary status within uh, Legends continuity. Um, it's not like the official story. Um, as, as best I can interpret this material, it's like we're getting into the scholarly weeds here. I um, feel like I need to be down in the basement in the Harvard Library, which is <laughs> where I go to, to do my research for grad school. Um, I'm not a Harvard student. I just get to use the library, which is cool. <laughs> um, could, I feel like as we were trying to interpret this material that Dark Empire is always kind of looked at as is is the term redheaded stepchild offensive? Is that that's not PC anymore, is it? Probably shouldn't say that. What's what's a better way of putting it? 
like the uh, the toothless second cousin that you don't really acknowledge. <laughs> Maybe that's just an Arkansas problem. Moving on. Uh, it's a definitely an interesting question, and I love the debate that's happening in the chat. Uh, we can continue it in Discord. Uh, I do like the point that Skuma Joe makes. Black sheep. There you go. Skuma Joe says, let's call it the black sheep. Yeah, that's a lot better. A lot. And is that racist? That might be racist. Oh, man. I'm getting sweaty. Uh, I will say I like the point that Skuma <laughs> Joe makes about the fact that there was a, a a novel adaptation of Dark Empire, which was planned, but then was scrapped in place of Heir to the Empire, which I did not know. And we'll have to research after this episode. That is incredibly, incredibly intriguing. Number three on our list, though, going a different direction. We're leaning now, Freddie, into what I would say is the the most well-established what-if stories in all of Legends. Dark Empire is never called a what-if story. These explicitly are. Um, we have yeah. comics that were published between 2001 and 2003. It's called Infinities from Dark Horse Comics. Um, and the basic premise is, what if one little detail had gone just a little bit differently? What if one little thing had happened just a little differently? Uh, how would that have changed the course of one of these beloved Star Wars films? How would it have changed the, the course of the galaxy? Does the timeline right itself do things bounce do they snap back into normal or does the entire timeline diverge uh, in the first of these questions of course coming from the infinities adaptation of a new hope is this what if luke didn't blow up the death star right what if when he goes to fire that second shot uh use the force luke and he is going to uh somehow get that proton torpedo to just do that perfect 90 degree turn right into the hole um, and, and it gets that perfect shot on the Death Star. What if he pulls a rogue leader and it just skims the surface? Negative, negative, it didn't go in. Um, is that, uh, how, how would that change the course of A New Hope? What do you think happens after that? You know, of course, we both have read this book, but um, uh, how would that change Star Wars if Luke didn't succeed at blowing up the Death Star? That's a good one. So, what I really like at the beginning of, of Infinities, it, it, you know, it describes that every single event in Star Wars is a, is a chain of events that have happened. So what happens if the chain breaks, right? And you go a different route and, and it discovers that. So the first one that we see is, you know, what, what happens if they do not blow up the Death Star? And it's pretty inevitable that they're going to blow up the planet, right? That planet is going up in flames. Uh, they may not have... The, uh, well, I think that's the second one, actually. Uh, I can't remember. But, uh, you know, the, the planet would, would basically explode. They'd have to get... Yeah, they would destroy they could, Yavin right? 4. Because <laughs> Yavin 4 would be gone. Right. And, you know, who, who can we get off this planet as quickly as possible? <laughs> There's not going to be yeah. much, you know. Uh, transport 1 is away is literally all you're going to get. You're not going to get 2 and 3. So... They're going to have to sacrifice a lot of people. It's and a massacre. What you're going to yeah. see, it's a massacre. And what you're going to see is basically what we saw in, in the uh, in the sequels, right? It's just, there's probably like five, six people left after oh, that. Oh, sure, after the Resistance is decimated. Died. Exactly. Yeah. So, and, and it's going to take a different path because one, you, you have uh, Tarkin, who's still alive. and uh, Right. Uh, establishes a major that, villain in A New Hope and is not in the rest of the original trilogy, which I, I'd never yeah. really stopped to think about um, until I was reading Infinities this week, getting ready for this episode, and I realized, oh yeah, uh, Tarkin is going to have a much bigger role. 
I, I still think that Infinity's missed it with Tarkin. They they did not know what to do with Tarkin. They were like, oh, we got an extra villain. Anybody need a villain? We got villains over here. <laughs> yeah. um, what an incredible actor he was. Um, and yet the you know the writer, hey, that is his work cut out for him and trying to to write the what if for a new hope here now rob niece makes a great point he says that uh that r2 is is destroyed that uh mm-hmm. that leia is killed <laughs> and there's a lot of people dying in the chat goodness yike what a dark timeline this is um in in infinities leia actually makes it onto a shuttle to evacuate However, uh, most of the rebellion does not, or at least that cell that th- is there on Yavin Four. So, uh, you know, they kind of need Leia to survive. However, um, Infinity's Empire Strikes Back kills off Luke in like the second page. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was fantastic. I was like, oh, yep, he did. <laughs> way uh, is he dead? Yep, dead. Totally dead. Luke dead. Um, we'll get to that in a second. Freddie, how do you think Infinity's A New Hope uh, handled this? Um, uh, how well did they tackle the idea of there being, you know, a splinter universe if Luke doesn't destroy the Death Star? You know, uh, were they successful at this? Were they not successful? Uh, the basic idea is that Luke eventually makes his way to Dagobah and uh, spends five years training under Yoda, becomes yeah. this uh, fully equipped Jedi Knight, uh, goes in to, you know, uh, try to destroy Darth Vader and the Emperor. And then, a uh, spoiler alert for Infinities, all right, uh, 20 seconds here, if you want to borrow this on Marvel Unlimited or something, Yoda crashes the Death Star into Coruscant. <laughs> or no, he, he crashes the Millennium Falcon <laughs> into into the Death Star. Is that right, Freddie? I'm getting my uh, who crashes so, what mixed I, up. Okay. At the end of I, I think what happens Infinities, is, Yoda yeah. does a kamikaze. Yeah. So basically what happens is, uh, and I'm trying to remember, I, I just skimmed it and, and I think what's going on is, is we no longer have the rebellion. So he, Luke does not right. have to worry about getting everything started. So he can spend the time to become an absolute master on Dagobah, takes off with Yoda on the Millennium Falcon, goes to Coruscant and there's like hundreds of star destroyers, etc. Right. and goes and does a Jedi mind trick on Tarkin. Okay, yeah, right. And blows up everything. <laughs> Just uses the, the Death Star to blow everything up. Uh, and I think he blows up... I, I can't remember the end, actually. I'm, I'm kind Yo, of Yeah, Yoda, sure he, he, just, he uses the Death Star to uh, just shoot its laser all over Coruscant, right? <laughs> yeah, just destroys Coruscant, <laughs> destroys all of the vehicles, all of the, everything, and destroys the whole... Uh, empire just right there yoda himself yeah you know the uh, besides the fact that yoda hitches right on the millennium falcon and is basically the <laughs> hero of the story which really undercuts luke's hero's journey I, I found that to be a little bit comical and bothersome honestly um besides that the story ends the same way there's a medal ceremony after the empire is defeated the the one thing about that story that i found the most remarkable though was leia's arc um oh, yeah, leia is captured by the Empire in trying to escape from Yavin 4 is then taken in by Darth Vader, who who reveals the fact that she is his daughter and wants to nurture her and raise her uh, to learn the ways of the Force. Basically, oh, holds her captive on Coruscant. She at first wants to resist, wants to leave, and they just brainwash her. Um, it turns her into a dark Jedi. She ends up having to duel against Luke in the, the climactic battle, in which case Vader and Leia both flip. 
um, so so we kind of do snap back. Do you think that that's what happens ultimately? That uh, you know our heroes basically have to follow this course that fate has laid out for them, even if you tweak one little detail, or or do you think that we get more creative liberty than that? Um, that's a tough one. I think there might be some inevitability with Leia, or at least uh, Vader turning right because the yeah Palps does not want Luke Luke to be a good boy. And in order for him to do that, he either has to kill Luke or punish him. And you can tell Vader's not down for that. So, yeah, it's it's tough to say. It's a good it's a good question. That's another what if scenario. Yeah, I think I think that's true that Vader is destined to to flip, right? That Vader is destined to redeem himself. So let's talk about that. Let's move into the Infinity's Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, so. uh our number four is: What if Luke died and Leia saved the galaxy? It's really and this is uh, it's really amazing. Yeah, in the beginning of uh, Infinity's Empire Strikes Back, published in two thousand two, uh, the basic idea is: What if when the Wampa? I I I absolutely died reading this. I was like, "This is the detail you're going to change." I think the idea here was: It's one little thing that has massive consequences. It's also something you can change in the very beginning of the film. You've got to change a detail very early on so that the entire story is different, right? So this is one thing. Uh, Luke is in over his head. He's dying there in the Wampa cave. and um, Or the Wampa's esteemed abode. Sorry, I don't want to offend any Wampas. Um, he, he's He's got to be refrigerated in the, in the or warmed. Uh, he's got to be... What's what's the word that you use when you're like taking a casserole to a potluck and you got to put like that heat pack on there to keep it warm just long enough? Well, that's what... Um, uh, Han has to potluck Luke in order to get him to the potluck in time, right? Um, he sticks him inside the belly of the Tauntaun. So the one detail that's changed is what if the Wampa, uh, you know, what if Han's Tauntaun doesn't survive, right? What if you cannot stash Luke in the Tauntaun and Han gets there to rescue him and instead Luke just dies in the snow? <laughs> what what happens after that if Luke dies in the first act of The Empire Strikes Back, Freddy? Well, the funny thing to me is reading Infinities and looking like maybe like six panels in and Luke is dead. You're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Out of all the things, that's that's what it was. Uh, how how different the story would be from there? Because what he told, you know, what uh, if you remember in, in Empire Strikes Back, he tells Han, uh, Dagobah, right. you, you know, Jedi, you know, etc. And then, of course, Han's like, oh. I'm going to be a Jedi. <laughs> yeah, I know. I got a huge kick out of that. Han is like yeah. kind of nervous, kind of excited. Um, like he's on his first on his way to the first day of school. Like that kind of uh, <laughs> anxious feeling of like, maybe I'm going to be a Jedi. And he turns to Leia. He's like, hey, what kind of Jedi do you think I would be? And she's like, not a very good one. I got to tell you, not great. <laughs> they get there and Yoda immediately. He doesn't play any games with Han and Leia when they get to Dagobah. Uh, he instead is sitting on, the, sitting on the beach. There's a beach on Dagobah, apparently. He sit on the beach and he says, Yoda, I am a, a Skywalker, are you? And uh, starts to train Leia in the ways of the Force. And Han's like, oh, she's going to be the Jedi, huh? And so he just straight up leaves. <laughs> just abandons <laughs> Leia on Dagobah. You know what? Six months later, uh, the, some time passes. He comes back to pick her up. She's a Jedi. last thing she's got to do is uh, confront Vader. And uh, we can pretty much leave it for there. You know, don't want to spoil all this stuff. Right, Freddy? Yeah, it'd be it'd be fun to actually go through a lot of these in detail. 
Yeah, it would. We could totally tackle them. We're not covering. And uh, the the Tales comics also. I know that Andrew, who's with us here tonight, loves the Tales comics. He especially loves Skippy the Jedi Droid. Uh, we could talk about those one day. This is very similar to those. Like they're not especially consequential for the Legends universe as a whole. They're just kind of fun stories. Uh, but it is really cool, uh, really gratifying to see Leia step up to save the galaxy as a Jedi. It's one of the fun things about Legends. Uh, you don't get a ton of that in canon, but uh, different authors handle Leia differently in Legends. There's just more authors at the table. And so, of course, the um, the Dark Nest trilogy. Boy, that one's wild. Um, Leia trains as a Jedi. You've got a little bit of Leia doing some Jedi stuff in Heir to the Empire. Um, some authors handle her more on the political side, more on the the Jedi side. This one really leans into it all the way. She's got like a pink, maybe purple, could be blue lightsaber. I don't know. I'm colorblind, but it's awesome. I know that much. Um, definitely a fun story. And the final of these three stories, um, uh, from Infinities, we talked about A New Hope, talked about Empire Strikes Back. Um, the third from Return of the Jedi, the basic question if what is, is what if Vader... No, the, the basic question that's asked in Return of the Jedi is not one of our what-if questions. So I will say about uh, Infinities, the basic question is, what if... What is it? What's the detail that's changed in Return of the Jedi? Right? Oh, it's it's what if the, the sail barge assault is not successful, right? What if... Mm-hmm. Yeah. What if Luke and Han and Lando, or what if Luke and Leia and Lando and Chewie, they fail at rescuing Han Solo <laughs> from Jabba's palace? Uh, the basic idea is that, you know, uh, Boba Fett escapes with Han and Carbonite, and everything spirals out of control at that point. Uh, what'd you think of that one, Freddie? <laughs> yeah, that was pretty interesting, too. It, it You know, after after reading a lot of these, you realize how many times Luke, Leia, and Han had the opportunity to die there were so sure, many right. places for them to just perish yeah. and you you're <laughs> it's a fragile <laughs> life and and the fact that they all live to, to to experience every single thing all the way up until the sequels right you're like man the the amount of times that they they were almost assassinated in legends books or you know whatever it is and then reading infinities you're, they're just I don't know how they're getting by. <laughs> All right, you know, <laughs> the force. I you guess. know what uh, Cheryl's question is about Return of the Jedi. I love this. <laughs> she says, uh, "She says, what if the Ewoks <laughs> ate the heroes?" <laughs> That's a great one, an absolutely great. At the question. very end, <laughs> yeah. Well, that actually does tie into the way that uh, Infinity's Return of the Jedi handles everything on Endor. There are no Ewoks in this story. Hey, if your biggest gripe with Return of the Jedi is that you don't like Ewoks, this is the story for you. It's Return of the Jedi, but no Ewoks, which which goes to show how much of an uphill battle the Rebels have on, on um, what is that planet called? Endor, the forest moon of Endor. Endor. What an uphill battle they have without the Ewoks on their side, um, because it's a trap, right? You want to say it, Freddy? It's a trap, right? It's a trap. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Love Freddie's uh, Akbar impression. Um, you know, the, besides that detail being different, the one other major difference, is, besides there being a lot more Boba Fett, Boba Fett doesn't get knocked into the Sarlacc pit. So if you're wanting more Boba Fett in Return of the Jedi, this is a story for you. It's a lot of fun. Um, it's Leia stealing Slave One, which is really cool to see. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty wild fantasy, don't you think, Freddie? Leia flying around in Slave One? Yeah, yeah, this one's pretty fantastic. There's no gold bikini, though. 
No, no gold bikini. Not this Not time. in this one. But uh, There's a trade-off. You don't get Ewoks and you don't get the uh, gold bikini. The Return of the Jedi question I want to ask, though, is not the same as what they ask in that story. I don't really think that was the, the best change to make. However, the one thing they do really differently in Infinity's Return of the Jedi is at the end, there's a huge spoiler, um, Luke and Leia are confronting Vader and Palpatine together in this. Uh, Leia goes in to try to rescue Luke, who's walked into a trap. She learns that he's walked into a trap and has been captured. So in this battle, they're they're appealing to Vader's fatherly sensibilities by saying, I bet you can't kill both your children at once. And he's like, you know what? You're right. I won't. Palpatine escapes somehow. That's never especially clear. Um, it's never, <laughs> never especially clear in this story. But then at the end, this is amazing. Everybody deserves to Google this. Well, we'll put it in the show notes if we remember uh, for our audio listeners Vader is saved by Luke and Leia. They are able to carry him aboard uh, the Millennium Falcon because he has not been fried by uh, Sparkle Fingers Palpatine's uh, Force Lightning. Um, They're able to to get him on there. His breathing apparatus has not been destroyed. He's been wounded in the battle. And then he is uh, ready to serve the Rebellion as a, a reborn, what, Vader fighting for good. And he's in the Vader armor, but it's... It's like bright white. He's like Gandalf the White, but Vader. I mean, how awesome is that, Freddy? That's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I I thought that was so cool. Uh, it, just seeing a white Vader, uh, just sparkling, glowing, pure, good. It's imagine how powerful he is now too. I mean, he was powerful as a as a Sith, as a light Jedi, or you know, back in as a Jedi. Yeah. It would be fascinating to see what kind of powers he would... Battle meditation, right? One of the things about it... Oh, my gosh, battle meditation. He, Vader would be great. No, Vader probably rolls his eyes his, at the battle meditation, just like I do. You imagine, like, Clone Wars Anakin trying to sit still and use battle meditation, for crying out loud. Not a chance. Not a chance. Um, I bet you Tara Sunube is good at battle meditation. You know, he likes to sit still in his library. Anyway, um, this in Infinities isn't especially played out. That's where the story ends, is the reveal of Vader and his white armor. I'd kind of like to follow up the sequel, which is the, the fun of this episode. We get to do a little bit of speculation, a little bit of what if. The reason I want us to talk about this, though, Freddie, is actually sparked by some discussion in uh, Kanja Book Club this past Saturday where they talk about um, Dark Disciple, Quinlan Voss and Asajj Ventress. Uh, they also talk a little bit of the the theme in Rise of Skywalker, you know, how Ben Solo is, uh, you know, he dies after uh, coming back to the light. And they talked a little bit about how in Star Wars we don't often get to see uh, living redemption. You know what I'm talking about? You don't often get to see villains try to redeem themselves through life, through good deeds. Instead, you find them redeeming themselves through death, now, which is very much a product of our, our Western culture, you know, and uh, Christianity's influence. And I realize that um, we can we can show some creativity in our storytelling, though, right? Um, you can have living redemption. It's really neat to think about Vader getting a chance at that, don't you think? Yeah, it'd be. I think it would. You know, it's it's sad to. Well, you know, the cool thing about that, and I'm just kind of going through it in my head, is is. Vader would definitely be the master to Luke and Leia, and that would be interesting to see. Oh, sure, he, yeah. The, their their the dynasty working as exactly, and how how I mean, if at that point the you know the Force needs balance, so having three Skywalkers on the light side, like what's what's going to happen on the other side now? That that would be an interesting thing to 
to follow. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that one, I think for me, was the most thought-provoking out of the three volumes. Uh, Freddie, let me ask you, out of Infinities, A New Hope, um, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, which one did you like the most? And uh, which one would you uh, would you be most likely to actually sit down and just enjoy? I, I actually liked Return of the Jedi, but I, I thought it was just hilarious when Yoda was mind controlling uh, or Jedi mind tricking Tarkin and just ex- just blowing everything. I was like, up. And I, yeah, I, Death Star laser just going it, off all over Coruscant. Yeah, and Charles mentioned in the chat, it doesn't seem like a very Yoda thing to do. So it it was kind of funny to watch and, and just seeing everything explode and just picturing what would happen. But uh, I I would definitely like to see a white suited Vader. That would be really awesome. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm sure there's like a. Funko Pop of a glowing white Vader. And if there isn't, there will be one tomorrow. They're always cranking out uh, more of these uh, bad boys. But in just a minute, we're going to come to the question at the end of the show of what would you do for your Infinity takes on the other six saga films? Because they, as far as I know, there's only Infinities for the original trilogy. So it gives everybody in the chat a minute to think about what their questions would be. How would you slightly alter something within the first 10, 15 minutes of... Uh, episodes one, two, three, seven, eight, nine, um, and and how would that alter the story? How would that alter all of Star Wars? Um, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, before we do, um, the other book, the other story that's included in the Marvel Epic Collection, uh, Infinities, is not an Infinity story. It's in fact called the Star Wars, and that's right. I said the Star Wars. What do you know about the Star Wars, Freddie? So this is actually one of my favorite ones. Oh, I, I bought this one specifically, yeah, because I, I loved the, uh, the I guess the, it has a lot of the old Macquarie art from the original stuff, yeah, and that's yeah. definitely some of my favorite, so I bought like, it because uh, of that. Anakin Starkiller? Exactly, Starkiller, and then you've got Lizard uh, Lizard Han, I believe. And, yeah, uh, uh, you've got the Zeb <laughs> Chewbacca. Zeb, yeah, which you know we see in, in other things, and it it's such a different take because it's, George Lucas's first, uh, first draft. So, what if that first draft had become, yeah, Star right. Wars? As we, yeah, know it. it's really, really off kilter, isn't it? Um, it's really odd. You, you basically got to get invested in this whole new set of characters. It's hard to think of them as the same characters. It's a big what if. Hey, if this has been an interesting episode too. You can pick up that Marvel Epic Collection uh, with the Amazon you uh, Amazon affiliate link through utini.com, and you can check this one out. Let us know what you think. We're not going to dive um, very deep into this story because I'd like for us to do it on its own unique roundtable episode. Uh, what I will say about it uh, for now is this. It's a good thing. It's a real good thing, Freddie, that uh, <laughs> yeah. he continued to iterate on those drafts because this oh, this reads as a, a, a obtuse, obscure sci-fi, a- almost like um, high high medieval fantasy, um, instead of the the you know Flash Gordon Buck Rogers kind of um, cowboy fantasy space opera yeah. that is Star Wars, right? You think that's a fair assessment? That's a really good assessment, and, and you know, for those who saw the rough draft and thought, you know, you're 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 on a good path, I congratulate them for keeping those iterations going yeah. and and getting him to change his story. But yeah, they, it, it, I don't know, I don't think Star Wars would have been as popular 
with that first draft. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. But it this really came late in the Legends continuity. Uh, Dark Horse took a chance on telling this story, and I'm glad that they did. It was published uh, 2013 through 2014. The author who adapted this is, I call him Jedi historian J.W. Rensler. Jonathan Rensler used to write for Star Wars Insider Magazine. I think he was the editor for Insider. Uh, he wrote those big... Um, those massive behind-the-scenes tomes on the original trilogy. Uh, so awesome guy. He did a great job on these. And um, totally worth checking out. Uh, Freddie, once you tackle number six on our list, if you're keeping count with us at home, I, I messed up the list. We're, we're one off. I think this is number <laughs> seven for tonight. It's number six in the list, Freddie. Uh, what's our next question? Yeah, so number six on the list is, uh, what if Luke turned to the dark side at the end of Return of the Jedi? Yeah, this and is uh would his Darth name Yeah, be? so the second question, right, we got we got what would if Luke turned to the dark side, what would his Darth name be? So everybody give a minute to think about that. First, I, I find this one, Freddie, to be really really thought provoking because that moment at the end of Return of the Jedi is so pivotal, isn't it? And Luke has given in to the dark side. Yoda has warned him, warned him, and warned him, and Luke is so headstrong. He's like, I'm not gonna turn to the dark side, I'm not gonna turn to the dark side, and he does. He's just slashing and hacking at vader and you can cinematographically is cinema cinematically there we go cinematically Cinematically. (laughs) uh the 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 tone of the end of return of the jedi everything happening there on the second death star it's just getting darker and darker and darker it's very dark they're down underneath the the catwalks of the throne room um you luke is just he's seething with anger it's palpable if you rewatch it and uh, it's when he sees that he has harmed Vader, and he has cut off his hand, um, and he looks down at his own hand that he realizes that he has become his father, right? He's down that dark path, and as he throws the saber away, which is my favorite moment in all of Star Wars. Absolutely love it. But what if, what if instead of just cutting off his hand, he cut off his head, right? What if he went for mm-hmm. it, and um, this was something that was thrown around, Back in uh, about, you know, what, 1980, 1982, when this was uh, being drafted up, this is an idea that Lucas played with. Um, what would happen, Freddie, if Luke went full dark side? What does the galaxy become? I think that's where we would see some of those infinities things come to light, and we would see Leia, uh, the oh, other okay, Skywalker. Sure, yeah try to save her brother. All of the infinities she... keep coming back to, and Leia trains as a Jedi. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and you, I mean, we see that a lot in in Star Wars. Is she's very much a Skywalker, and she has all of the capabilities that Luke has to be a good Jedi. And I feel like that's probably what we would see is we would see him see her, uh, very similar to Dark Empire, uh, come come in and you know talk with Luke and get him to come back to the to the dark side or to the to the light side, right? Yeah, the rebellion. So Luke is the one who's redeemed. Instead of the redeemer who who redeems Vader, in in your in your version, yeah, I would say so. Wow, I love that, love that. I'm I you know I wrote the question. I'm not even sure what my answer is. Um, other than I, I wonder what the galaxy would be like. He Luke doesn't seem like the you know the way he runs the Jedi Academy both in Legends and Canon, not the best at you know managing staff or students. <laughs> um, I can't imagine he would be a very good emperor. If he, you know, if he dethroned Sidious, I imagine Sidious is more likely to just do the whole essence transfer thing, or um, you know, Luke is just gonna have to be the Vader to Sidious's, uh, you know, 
uh, hate to say it, hate to say it, you know, his uh, reborn slimy naked uh, body as he's, you know, has to, I imagine that the Dark Empire story becomes a little bit more prominent if Luke turns the dark side, because that's, that's pretty much our closest version of dark side Luke in, um, in Star Wars storytelling, don't you think? And it's debatable whether or not Luke ever really goes dark. I think he touches it, but I don't think he really goes into it. Yeah, he's skirting with it. And in that story, Leia is the one that has to save him. Um, so I think you're right there, Freddie. So we've already got some great answers coming in the chat. If Luke turned to the dark side, what was what would his Darth name be? This was a late addition to the show notes because I went down a Reddit, a Reddit rabbit hole. Those are always dangerous. This one was kind of fun. And I think I'm going to go ahead and give the, the cake to Bro Dameron. Bro Dameron, that's an excellent answer. Did you see this, Freddie? Uh, what would his Darth Crate? Darth Crate. I mean, Darth Crate is his own villain, but you know he comes from Tatooine. Uh, you got the Crate Dragons. They're pretty. They're pretty villainous. Brings us right back to the beginning of the show, doesn't it? Talking about the Crate Dragons. Darth Sunburn. Darth, <laughs> Darth Sunburn. He's very fair skinned. Mark <laughs> Hamill. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Um, I, I saw a couple of other good ones online. Feel free, everybody, to put your answers in the chat. Okay. Um, in Fate of the Jedi series, Ben. Skywalker, Luke's son, makes the joke that if he went to the dark side, he would be Darth Starkiller, which once again is a throwback to the original draft of Star Wars, right? Is That's the name uh, of Luke. He's Anakin Starkiller mm-hmm. in the initial draft. I love that, the way that Starkiller gets the nod. Any other, uh, any other ideas, Freddie? Uh, what about Darth Clamorous? Clamorous means cry in Latin. Oh, wow. You put some thought into this, man. That's excellent. Uh, here's a couple of other good ones from online. Darth Tashi Station. <laughs> um, uh, the, one that I, uh, the one that I liked was Darth Farm Boy. Uh, it doesn't especially sound epic, but it's, it's all I can. I'm just I'm stuck on it. Absolutely stuck on it. Uh, you be respectful in the chat there. Andrew, he says, legends, rules, canon, rules. And hey, well, this is the legend show. Be careful. You know, we got we like both over here. <laughs> Pretty sure he's joking. Um, <laughs> let's see. We've got some great answers coming in. Uh, Meg, do you want to take a stab at this one? You got an idea? What would Luke's uh, Luke's Darth Darth name be? Here's a good one. Darth Wormy, a way of uh, <laughs> kind of turning, take taking uh, taking his, his nickname from the, the, the deleted scenes in A New Hope. You got one, Meg? Uh, no. That's fine. I didn't warn you. I'll keep thinking. <laughs> yeah, we can continue this conversation in the Discord channel. Uh, this would be a great week to chime in over there. As we wind down our list, we have covered some great territory. We've talked about A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, people have turned to the dark side, people have been killed unexpectedly. Um, Leia has saved the day over and over and over. Uh, as we wind down our top ten list, here's another good one that uh, I came across on accident in the middle of the night on Reddit, it's the way that the, the best ideas come across you. And, and this is a question I've seen tossed around a lot. And I think it's even mentioned multiple times in the New Jedi Order. Um, what if Palpatine was still in power when the Yuuzhan Vong attempted their invasion? Uh, you ever really thought about this one, Freddy? I I've thought about it, and it's really interesting because, I mean, the Yuuzhan Vong, they're, you can't detect them in the force so palpatine may or may not you know depending on his dark arts may not know they're around and it might be too late and i've been thinking about this for a while 
how the how the events would go down and, and especially it, it's important when it happens but i'm just thinking like if the rebellion was around and uh and palpatine was around would they work together yeah to defeat the usual okay maybe. okay maybe um uh, it seems to me that the the idea that's established in the New Jedi Order is that Palpatine was aware of the of the the Yuuzhan Vong, and one theory on why Palpatine consolidates power the way that he does is to be able to prepare the galaxy to be strong enough to withstand the invasion of uh, an enemy force like the Yuuzhan Vong. It's a huge retcon, of course, but it kind of works to think that uh, the Empire is able to, you know, have a strong enough fleet to repel the Yuuzhan Vong. Uh, I think in, in that series, somebody who's reading it, we've got several Utini members who are right now. If you come across one of these passages, be sure to share it in the Legends Look Back Discord channel. Uh, but the, the one thing that, that stands out to me as especially true, even if Palpatine isn't able to withstand the Yuuzhan Vong, you know who could, Freddy? Thrawn. Don't you think Thrawn would have been the the commander who could have? And the reason is Thrawn is good at understanding other cultures. And, uh, you know, massive spoiler for the New Jedi Order series. I'll say this in 10 seconds, and then you can, uh, you can come back. The war is won by becoming culturally sensitive to the Yuuzhan Vong and figuring out how to, uh, instead of judge them for their faults, to instead be able to learn a little bit more about how they became the way that they are. In a nutshell. There's a lot more. There's a lot more than that. Um, but Thrawn would have figured that out in 10 minutes, don't you think? I think so. <laughs> he just would have to uh, look at some of their art, and that was it. That'd be it for them. Just look at their <laughs> art. Yeah, hey, somebody bring me some of their art. And uh, imagine the Yuzhan Vong walking in with their, what are their sticks that turn to snakes? called oh yeah i imagine them walking like in eels. being like we'll show you art ah. they're just incredible <laughs> villains love that so if palpatine couldn't thrawn definitely would freddy number nine on the list as we wind down let's come back to our infinities question people have had a few minutes to think about it um if if you could choose i'm going to change the question just a little bit freddy yeah go ahead if you could choose one of the other movies we have that did, did not get an infinities adaptation so one of the prequels or one of the sequels what is one thing you would tweak in one of them? What's the one Infinity story that you would write for one of these other movies? I would I would definitely... So it's so funny that you, we just talked about the Yuuzhan Vong and, and what ifs. Because I always thought, what if we saw the Yuuzhan Vong in one of the later episodes, right? One of the sequels. Uh, I don't want to see him. I don't want to see the Yuuzhan Vong. I don't need to look up those nostrils. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> I think they'd be a lot like uh, Hellraiser, uh, the just those weird creatures, right? Masochists. I'll have to Google uh, it. I, yeah. I don't get the reference. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pinhead, you know, he's got all those pins coming out. Oh, okay. Head. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I think, yeah, it, it would be pretty creepy to see them. There, there's no doubt. But I would like to see what would happen in a situation where you have an empire or, or you know, the First Order and... A rebellion or resistance trying to fight a common evil but also fighting each other and trying not to you know obviously they they must come to a point where they're like okay there's no way we can just beat these guys alone and that would be cool how interesting yeah. it would be to to see that kind of inserted in one of the moments just imagine them fighting right the the first order and the resistance just fighting 
furiously, and all of a sudden you just see the Yuzhan Vong coming. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, that'd be a great ending <laughs> for Rise of Skywalker. It's one of the things I like the most about It's one of my favorite Legends books, Fate of the Jedi Allies. One of my favorite things about it is that you do see, at least in this one book, the Jedi and Sith team up against a greater threat. Dun, dun, dun. We'll leave it at that. Um, I've I thought a lot about what's one detail that I would change to tweak one of the other movies. The only things that I can think to tweak in the sequels are things that happen like late in the movies. Um, you know, what if, and this is what kind of what I expected, what if Luke came to save the day at the end of Episode Seven? You know, I imagine the, the, when the saber was jiggling in the snow... And it starts to fly through the air. I was like, this is it. Luke's going to save the day. And I think in hindsight, it was better that it wasn't Luke. I think it was better that it was Ray's big moment. Ray needed to be the hero of that movie. Us fanboys, we wanted to see it be Luke. But I think <laughs> in the greater scheme of what they were trying to establish, it was better for Ray to be the hero of her own story instead of Luke just save the day again. Which is it's kind of where these Infinity stories fall flat for me. Yoda is often the one saving the day. <laughs> which hey he deserves his his moment in the sun but um uh, what are your ideas what's the one thing that you would uh one thing that you would change in one of these and it has to be within the first few minutes of one of the movies you know uh what's one thing that you would change to to totally alter the storyline i think for me the the one that i will give is this in episode one i would um i would have obi-wan get off the ship I'd like to see Obi-Wan take a more active role in what happens there on Tatooine. Um, I think that would have made for... Obviously, I like what happens between Qui-Gon and Padme and, and Anakin, but uh, love me some Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan. Don't you, Freddy? Yeah, I I love Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan. That's there. There's a couple of Obi-Wans that are always in my head. One is uh, Ewan McGregor, and of course, you've got... Uh, um, you know, going back to the Clone Wars cartoons because those, you know, you you see more of them. Uh, I forget uh, James Ar James Arnold. Oh Taylor, yeah, I right. believe Jat, Incredible <laughs> Jat. So, you know, I always picture their voices in my head, and of course, sure. uh, you've got Ben Kenobi, but that's that's not my Obi Wan, right? Uh, in terms of, you know, when I'm thinking Obi Wan, I'm thinking those other two. Yeah, isn't that incredible? I think old Ben, right? We grew we yeah, grew up with the original trilogy, and yet our Obi Wan is not primarily Alec Guinness. Um, that's incredible. All right, we've got some great answers coming in the chat. Yeah, like me, Skuma Joe is stuck on um, trying to change things late in the movie. Says he would have liked to see Kylo Ren survive. You and everybody else, Skuma Joe. You and everybody else, my man. <laughs> uh, but that's why we have uh, the EU, right? We can have some what if, some fun storytelling. Now, I guess the the ultimate takeaway in all of this, Freddie, is that your uh, your enjoyment of Star Wars does not have to be limited to what's actually committed to the screen or to the page. You can have fun because all of this is faking in space and you can you can play around with the story some, don't you think? Yeah, that's what I like about Legends is it, you, you kind of, as much as I like canon and, and keeping with a, a consistent story and trying not to retcon as much as you can and keeping everything in, in a in nice orderly fashion, it's nice to have these what-if stories and have these things and legends that exist that that people are are arguing and talking about today and it's like come on guys there, there's a comic book for that yeah um uh, that's absolutely true and that really leads us well freddie into the last question for tonight number 10 on the list and and unless it's not and i've miscounted in which case that's fine our video editor will fix it in post 
Uh, you're welcome, Nathan. What if Disney hadn't bought Star Wars? Now, I don't mean this to be a bash fest by any means. So you keep uh, your comments in the chat uh, decent and in order. Um, but I mean it in this way, thinking about its its impact on the Legends universe, as we know and love. What would the the EU look like today? You know, it's now been six years since um, Legends became Legends. Now, we've had an incredible amount of excellent stories told in canon. Um, Legends, in some ways, has aged well. Other books have not aged as well. Um, Legends, in some sense, has been incorporated into canon. We just saw Palpatine resurrected. We've seen Thrawn come back on the screen. Um, Solo was just full of Legends stuff. Um, We've got uh, a lot of it referenced and incorporated. Um, Other parts that have not been touched at all. We're about to get the High Republic the Old Republic hasn't been touched at all in the last six years. Uh, so, Freddie, what do you think happens to Legends if April 2016 or April 2014 didn't happen, right? What if Disney had not relegated Legends to Legends? Um, everyone would have gotten 20 copies of iJedi uh, <laughs> as a thanks from George Lucas himself. Just kidding. Uh, no, this is, this is a good question because we eventually lucas would want to retire right he he didn't want to give that much control away uh of, of his of his creation but he, he would still be in the background i believe we would have seen we probably would have seen dave filoni i'm going from from the the business side i'm not going with the story yeah, side but that's I think fine. dave filoni would have dave filoni would definitely be the the creative uh, and the master right the maestro of star wars so we would have seen a lot of the similar st- content that we would have seen in clone wars uh seven eight and nine would have definitely been touched differently of course way differently yeah right Um, which would have been interesting to see what you know i'm pretty sure i i've looked into them but i can't remember luke uh george lucas did have he did have some some ideas of what he wanted so those those existed but yeah and and in some ways the elements of um of what we get in the sequels do come from George's ideas. You know, it's 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 amazing mm-hmm. to see the. I'd say the best source on that is probably the art of books, right? The um, those really yeah. get into the behind the scenes story treatments and George's role alongside. Uh, so George was working on his own treatments for seven, eight, nine. So I, if if that didn't happen, we still you think we still get seven, eight, and nine, but just different. I think we would get them. Um, we would definitely get them, and they would be different. Uh, don't know how exactly they would be different, but uh, yeah, it, it would be interesting to see those come through. I don't know if you look at the recent history of of Star Wars, and I'm talking about like the the Jedi or the the Jedi, the Disney acquisition. I was gonna say the Jedi acquisition. <laughs> Sounds fun. Uh, I'd read that story. <laughs> yeah, the Disney acquisition. What it did was it brought more people into the game. Yeah, uh, we saw a lot to begin with and i'll just give you an example when i went to celebration four five it was still the same people i saw the same people still a lot of people but there were the same faces that i saw but once uh anaheim you know six and disney rolled around my goodness the the amount of different first of all the amount of people was significant it was exponential and totally you know you would see the old faces again but then there was completely new people involved and and that's what disney did was it brought more fans into star wars and and i don't know if we would have seen that with with george yeah you know i think that's true it was good in terms of bringing in more people um i think as time went on the the slice of 
the Star Wars fandom that was enjoying and participating and engaging in Star Wars, especially the EU, was shrinking. And so um, this was a move that made it bigger. And a, a couple people have made great points in the chat. Skuma Joe and Cheryl, I really agree, both of you. Really, Hey, look at me. I agree with Cheryl. Look at this. Because um, <laughs> she says, I'm honestly glad Legends is Legends. And we're getting all the great stories that we are now getting written by a lot of talented people. And I think Skuma Joe is also saying that uh, the idea is that uh, we needed to close the canon on Legends, as if that's not confusing enough. Uh, because there was just such an incredible amount of continuity. For me, it was exciting to know, okay, it's done. It's over. I can actually finish this story. <laughs> I can finally get caught up. And that's why I read, I think, 50 Legends books in 2015. Whew, what a year that was. Uh, not quite reading that much anymore, but uh, definitely enjoying it. And, and that's kind of our perspective on Legends here, is that um, it was good that they moved on. Uh, nevertheless, I would, of course, like to see um, some of these characters and stories fleshed out um, in greater ways in future years, but there's always a chance. Uh, I'm not going to be tweeting at Delray about it every day, though, either. Um, <laughs> and so we've got some great content we've talked about tonight, uh, some huge hypotheticals. Let us know what or what's your question you'd like for us to, to answer. What's your big hypothetical? What's your what-if with Star Wars, and we can talk about that on our listener feedback show. Uh, lightning round, Freddy, as we wrap up the episode, I'm going to ask three final questions. All right, these are super serious and super important. Are you ready? <laughs> Let's do it. Number one, what if it had worked out between Mara Jade and Lando? They have a bit of a bit oh, of a romance man. in the Jedi Academy trilogy. No, that's just a joke. That one's just there for Cheryl because she hates that <laughs> storyline. <laughs> I had to do it. Um. Uh, what do you think, Freddie? You want to chime in on that one, or just let me slide on um, by it? No, I mean it would have been it would have been different. Mara Jade and Lando—they just don't. It's fit. not quite the same I as they uh, who just... Mara ends up with. No, no, it, it it. I think it would have just fizzled out eventually. It would. That's how it would like have gone. A, like a fling. All right. No, I, I, my yeah, impression on that is that Lando's more into it than Mara Jade. We were talking about that some of the Discord today, and um, she said, "I'm glad we don't have Mara in canon because that doesn't work." I think that's true. <laughs> Secondly, all right, um, and this is one I've spent uh, way too much time thinking about the last couple of weeks. What if Corrin Horn, all right, the unofficial mascot of Utini, what if what if Corrin, who's he's one of the first Jedi to to be fully trained in Luke's new era of Jedi that he's training. However, he's not a Jedi who really gets along with or likes Luke very much. What if you know something happens to Luke along the way? Uh, maybe he he retires. He goes off to Octu or to Dagobah. He just, you know, he's uh, sipping margaritas in his uh, space hammock, and um, you know, with his uh, with his bride, um, aforementioned, um, you know, who she, she does end up with Luke. Right. Uh, the point, of course. What if Luke steps out of the game and Corrin Horn takes over the Jedi Order? Oh, what man. if Corrin Horn is the Grand Master of the Jedi Order in Legends? <laughs> oh man. Uh... It would be, I feel like the Jedi Order at that point would be more like a fraternity house and they'd all be competing with each other to be the best. That's so true. <laughs> yeah, it's like Rogue Squadron at its worst moments. Yeah, yeah when yeah. he's just always suspicious of everybody because he's a detective. You know, I. What color do you think their cloaks would be? I think he would, he would enforce a, a Jedi Order wide uniform policy. <laughs> 
sunglasses? Of, no, no, no. Just that everybody is wearing green Jedi robes all the time. Doesn't he have green Jedi robes? Isn't that a thing? Pretty sure that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could see that. <laughs> green Jedi robes. It's like he's an Eagles fan or something. I don't know. Uh, one final question, Corrin Horn related in our lightning round here, Freddie. What if it didn't work out for Palpatine? Luke didn't especially succeed on the throne. Uh, what if Corey, Corey Hilton became Emperor of the Galaxy? <laughs> what would the what would the universe um, be like if Corey was Emperor? Uh, uh, let's just see. It would be it would be like now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, we would get videos on how to do everything. We oh would yeah, know how to do everything because of there are little <laughs> how to file related. your taxes. You get a video. How to? <laughs> we would learn how to invest. <laughs> how to build your own CrossFit gym. You get a video. Yeah. Everyone would be uh, forced to do CrossFit. Everybody would have uh, terrariums. No, we love Corey. <laughs> uh, grateful he lets us do this show. Just just had to throw that one in in the what ifs. So, everybody, uh, if you have enjoyed this episode, you can, of course, check out some of the books we've talked about in this week's show. Um, you can find the Infinity Stories for A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, and The Star Wars in the Marvel Epic Collection, Infinities. That's probably the easiest place to get all of them. We've also talked a little bit about Dark Empire specifically uh, the first in the series, and uh, talked a little bit about the Marvel comics as well. And if you are interested in some of these, you can head on over to utini.com and check them out. And if you've read them, you can leave us a review. Um, and then we always like to plug our reading collections. Isn't that right, Freddie? I love my collections, you yeah. know? Yeah, and, and you know, you said it yourself. You've The, the amount that we had at the very <laughs> beginning when we started versus now... It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. We Megan and I did a count earlier this week. Um, we're we're nearing a hundred. Is it possible to have a hundred by the end of the year? Probably not. Am I going to try anyway? Absolutely. Uh, and so, in particular, with this episode, we've got uh, reading collections on Cornhorn, on Palpatine, on Thrawn. We don't have a what if reading collections. Just a few, but uh, maybe one day. What if there was a what if? reading collection next up as we've talked about a little bit in the chat tonight uh, we are going to be doing the two-part roundtable with our incredible patron cheryl bell to join us for the last command because i don't know about you freddie but it's been too long since i've had sabayoth in my life uh, i know <laughs> i i every time i don't read about sabayoth my abs shrink by one <laughs> were you down to what are you down to like five abs <laughs> no, I got zero. <laughs> Love that. Absolutely. Well, nobody's got abs after uh, coronavirus. Uh, we've all been at home not exercising. Well, that does it for this week. Thanks, everybody, for joining us on Legends Look Back. Thanks especially to Meg, our producer, who has made the show run this week, and also to Nathan, our video editor, who cleans up this mess behind the scenes. Thank you especially to our incredible patrons uh, who keep the lights on for us. And now, of course, that we're live on Twitch, you can help us out by subscribing. Either the old-fashioned way um, with uh, subscribing with actual money, or you can take that money from Amazon and subscribe with your one free Twitch Prime gaming subscription a month. Of course, if you've got feedback for us and want your question read on the show or your thoughts heard on air, you can email us at legendslookback at utini.com. You can contact us through the Legends Look Back Discord channel, or you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Jared Q. Mays. Freddy? At Wake Up Freddy. Almost missed your cue there, man. And uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> and Meg is at Meg Dowell. Awesome. 
If you are looking to buy some of these books, want to review these books, whatever you want to do with these books, you can find that information over on utini.com. And another way to help us out and show your love of Utini is by grabbing some swag from Teespring. Um, We've got some awesome merch specific to our podcast as well as Utini as a whole. Um, We're nearing the holiday season. I'd encourage you to be doing all your Christmas shopping, uh, your holiday shopping, excuse me, on utini.com. I mean, our our designer, Jose, he's always cranking out uh, new merch, isn't he? Just just incredible stuff. Uh, You can get your hoodie, just not the one that Freddie's wearing because that one's retired, I think. Yeah. Limited edition. Yeah, you have to... to, uh, do a bit bid war with uh, Freddy in order to try to get that one. Uh, if you want to get your hands on that. Uh, also over in the Legends Look Back Discord channel, we've got a brand new Mara Jade emoji. And if you want to use that, you can join our community. There's a link on utini.com. Uh, of course, everybody, it's been an insane week over here in the U.S. at least. And we want to encourage you with Legends Look Back and Utini as a whole to please keep that Utini fan code and be a force for positivity in the fandom. See you next week. May the force be with you. This is a Utini Broadcast.